Welcome to Productive Flow, where we answer the eternal question, why can't I get myself to do the things I know I should be doing? If you want natural productive flow and higher levels of success without all that struggle and self-judgment, this podcast is for you. Now, let's jump in. All right, everybody. Thank you for coming back and listening to another episode of Productive Flow. I have an amazing guest for you guys today, Aaron J. Fulton. He he does something that I am, when I first heard him, when I first met him and I first listened to him speak, I was blown away by his sensitivity, his ability to be vulnerable, to speak his truth and to do so in such an open and giving way. And, um, so at any rate, let me tell you a little bit about Aaron. So Aaron helps men rewrite the false stories that have limited their masculinity, relationships, and identity so that they can create stronger connections with their families, their friends, and most importantly, themselves. Now, he has a system that he has has built around that, a method that I will let him uh, tell you about, but... Um, at first, let's just go ahead and get started. Aaron, thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I feel welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for the introduction. Yeah. yeah. I created this methodology and I took the story of Noah and the ark. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of A-R-K, I use A-R-C. Mm-hmm. So activate awareness, review your story. All right. And then the third one is cultivate connection. And the reason I took this from the ark is because I want you to think about being inside of a boat. Okay. I don't, I'm I'm not a religious guy. I'm not a religious guy. I have a spiritual practice. Okay. There's a huge difference. Um, But uh, imagine being on this, this, this ark. All right. This Mm -hmm. boat. Now you're instructed to grab each animal in that region and place it on this boat. All right. Now this is about 400 BC. So there's no solar panels. There's no (laughs) electricity, you know, and most of these animals, a lot of these animals have to eat hay. So you're less likely to have fire burning inside this boat while you're in the water going to and fro. So you're sitting on this vessel in pitch dark. Yeah. But the purpose is to fulfill, I mean, the, the, the reason is to fulfill a purpose. Mm-hmm. You were instructed to do something, you have a goal, and you have to do this thing on a boat to get to that goal. Sure. All right? It's a purpose process. It's a process. And you're going to go through many emotional ups and downs. You know, you're going to go through fear. You're going to go through intimidation. You got things growling at you. You have predator and prey, angry. You know, you are the prey in a lot of these situations. So what do you do? You know, one, you activate awareness and identify what you're feeling at that particular time. Mm -hmm. And you address what you're feeling at that particular time. You explore what you're feeling at that particular time. Maybe you have a horse on your boat. 
and you're terrified of a horse. Well, why are you terrified of this horse? Because a long time ago, I fell off a horse and that trauma is still sitting inside my body and I'm holding yeah. on to that trauma. Yeah. Okay. And I created a story around that trauma. Let's transition this over to relationships. Oh, I'm afraid to approach this female because I got rejected many years ago and I was embarrassed in front of all my friends. And now I'm less likely to approach a female and express my interest in her. Mm. I'm afraid to operate at work, you know, to my fullest potential because my ideas might not be appreciated and I might get embarrassed and rejected. So I'm less likely to be productive at work. Mm-hmm. I got my feelings hurt. Somebody cheated on me. Someone betrayed me. So now I'm not going to open myself up to people anymore because I might get hurt. Mm. That's all part of that story that you told yourself and that you're allowing yourself to operate from. Yeah. Or activating awareness and and, and, uh, reviewing the story that you wrote just means that you're reflecting. I always tell people, I tell the guys that I work with, it's okay to briefly reflect on past disappointments in hopes of finding a better way to do things. Mm-hmm. See, where we get stuck at as men is we reflect on past disappointments. Instead of it, of it being a brief reflection, we stay in that reflection. You know, we stay in that reflection and that reflection becomes part of our life. We, 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 we base our, our actions, our, our interactions in society based off of that reflection, that, 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 that trauma that we experience, that yeah. story. So we stay there. We don't move forward at all. And the third thing is cultivate connections. Try to pet the horse that you're afraid of on that vessel. Mm-hmm. You know, try to connect with other people that may have had the same experiences, but overcame those experiences. Mm-hmm. Several people may have fallen off, fallen off of a horse, mm-hmm. but you won't know unless you cultivate connection and start to connect with people and, and, and speak with people, which requires vulnerability. Yeah. You know, so that's that's where my methodology comes from. And it's it's, it's been an amazing journey to witness men become aware and enlightened. What happens when you see that? Where where do you what happens when you see a man go from typical traditional masculinity to aware and enlightened? Well, what is that? What is that difference? What do you see happen in that that man? Oh my gosh, it's the best thing that I've ever seen because now they're willing to take the leap of faith. Hmm. They're willing to reflect on the call and take the leap of faith. Let's go to the hero's journey, okay? Yep, um, Joseph I'll Campbell. Use, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey. I'll use uh, Lord of the Rings as an example. You know, okay. Frodo, okay? Mm-hmm. Frodo's called to protect this ring. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he has to make a decision. Okay. Do I protect this ring or do I let someone else do this? Mm-hmm. He messed around and let someone else do it. It didn't go that great. He was called to protect this ring. Mm-hmm. So now he's taking a leap of faith to protect this ring. Along the way, you meet allies, mm-hmm. people that you connect with, mm-hmm. people that will assist you in this journey. But ultimately, it's important 
you are the one that's given this task. Those other people are just there to assist you along the way whenever you need help. Yeah. So you meet a mentor. You meet someone that is that can share wisdom with you. Mm-hmm. You meet someone that will help prepare you for what's to come. Mm. And then you finally get to the castle where the dragon is. Mm. No one else is there with you. Your mentor is gone. Gandalf left Frodo. Yeah. You know, Sam left Frodo. Mm. Frodo found himself walking to destroy this drink. So a lot of times we don't slay the dragon. A lot of times the purpose of this particular hero's journey is to create more awareness. Maybe we need to strengthen our shield a little bit more. Maybe we need to strengthen our sword a little bit more. Maybe we need to activate our mental weapons. Mm. You know, and start all the way at the beginning of that hero's journey again. Mm-hmm. But each time you learn more things as you go along. So when I see men create this awareness and create this and become more enlightened and they get ready to take that leap of faith mm-hmm. to fulfill their purpose and to accomplish what they've always wanted to accomplish in life, it is the most fulfilling thing because it pushes me. It's that boost that I need to get me to the next level as well. So I need men to grow so that I can grow. Yeah. You know, so. What is the impact that you see that, that, that awareness and enlightenment, what impact do you see that have on their lives? Oh, I see a forgiveness. Mm. I see a, I I see a forgiveness for themselves. Mm Mm-hmm. I see a forgiveness for themselves and I see solutions being created. Okay. Um, I see the families benefiting from the men in their families stepping up to where they're supposed to be, to their divine masculine, mature masculinity. The families benefit. Society benefits. Now people are more open to converse with each other and speak with each, with each other instead of talking at each other. Mm. Now you see uh, the men having more self-soothing practices. They're not so quick to react from a place of emotion. When they recognize that they're in that emotional state, they understand the value of pausing, stopping, thinking, breathing. You know, becoming more aware. Okay, how can I create a safer environment for myself and the person that I'm having this confrontation with? Mm. How can I create a more uh, prosperous environment for myself when dealing with this particular challenge that's happening in my life right now? Mm. And see, all this goes back to awareness. You know, and that's where I feel as though men have become so disconnected. We have this structure or this this blueprint of how to be a man that was, and it was based off of our father and his blueprint was based off of his father and his blueprint was based off of his father. So it's a generational thing that continues to go on. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that it's all wrong. 
But how many times have you come in contact with that man that believes his masculinity is built on whether or not a woman should submit to him or not? Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have you seen that man that believes his masculinity is built on whether or not he gets the big piece of chicken during dinner or whether his clothes gets washed for him day in and day out? You know, I'm not saying that those are the, the things that he should abandon, but if those are the things that makes you feel as a man, then it's time to redefine what masculinity is all about. Yeah. Now about that. So I heard you say earlier the term masculine, divine masculinity. That's what it was. Divine masculinity. So define that. What is divine masculinity? Divine masculinity is really simple. It's being aware, being present, knowing who you are, being anchored in who you are. Willing to compromise, but still hold true to your standards, being a man of integrity, operating from core values, understanding that there's more people or there, there's more that's involved in your decision making, being selfless, being a protector, understanding that in masculinity, there is femininity that comes in there as well. You have your solar masculine energy and you also embrace your lunar masculine energy and they intertwine and they work together. Mm-hmm. So that's what is, a, it, it's not just one thing that makes a man operate from a divine masculine place. It's so many things that makes a man the, operate from a divine masculine, masculine place. But your divine masculinity also has a shadow. All right. Some My people shadow. refer to it as toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. I like to refer to it as adolescent masculinity, immature mm-hmm. masculinity, that masculinity that, that, is reactionary and impulsive when under stress. You know, I hadn't thought about it like that as a, an adolescent type of, of thing, but I mean, if you, now that you mention it that way, you describe it that way, it makes so much sense because mm-hmm. it is very much the way you would expect a, a teenager to behave mm-hmm. and react. And, and you're right. A lot of men have never, outgrown that reactionary stage that this is still how they approach their lives, their jobs, their, their businesses, their, their relationships. Right. And and it it can also be how they react with their children too. You know, I mean, I remember um, when I was a kid that I remember I, I, I screamed really loud. I was in the bathroom and I screamed really loud. And we were getting ready to go to the, the movie theater, I think, right? And so um, my dad came in and he was screaming at me for mm. screaming. And I said, but a roach ran over my foot. Yeah. <laughs> it like freaked me out <laughs> completely. <laughs> and I remember he just looked at me and he just smacked me, just hauled off and, you know, mm. because I screamed. Yeah. And that yeah. I shouldn't have screamed. Now I can look back on that as an adult and realize that he was on the other side of the house. He heard his daughter scream and inside of him, fear rose up yep. because he was afraid something was wrong or I was hurt or something. Mm. And then when he comes in and sees me in the bathroom and I'm just standing there looking in the mirror and he doesn't see a reason. He doesn't see that I'm hurt or injured or broken in some way. Then the, 
the fear goes away and anger sets in. And then when I tell him, well, it was a roach and he's like, oh my God, is this the bug you're screaming about like this? I got all scared and worked up because a bug ran over your foot. Then he hits me. Yeah. Right. Because that was his emotional reaction. That's not something that you would expect in, in mature masculinity, right? Um, Mature masculinity, correct me if I'm wrong, would have had awareness around, okay, she's not hurt. Good. Mm-hmm. Now let's find out what the problem was. Oh, a road mm-hmm. train over your foot. Well, honey, you know what? We live in Florida. It's going to yeah. happen from time to time, but I'm glad exactly. you're okay. Glad you're okay. And you're good now. Now come here and give me a hug. Yeah. And it would have been fine. Yeah. Right. And, and that is something I would say would be a difference. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it totally makes sense. That to- yeah. totally makes sense. You know, okay. when you have the immature masculinity or the adolescent masculinity, that is an open ground for the saboteur mm-hmm. to run his course. Yeah. It's an open, it's an open field. Because now there's nothing that's holding the saboteur in line that makes sense you know there's nothing because see uh, the mature masculinity has patience Mm -hmm. you know patience is kind patience is loving you know patience is is awareness Mm -hmm. the mature masculinity would have made sure that you're okay Mm -hmm. and check that emotion Mm -hmm. that he was feeling yeah i'm feeling fear right now yeah. I'm feeling afraid. I need to let her know that I'm feeling afraid. That's the mature yeah. masculinity. Baby, I was so terrified that something hurt you. Yeah. And I ran to make sure that you're okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad that it was just a roach and it wasn't anything serious. Come give yeah. daddy a hug. You yeah. know, and you live in Florida, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. But when the mature masculinity is activated, the thought of listening the thought of pausing the thought of having patience is there but the fear of it being misinterpreted or misunderstood Mm. from the saboteur speaks louder yeah let me give her a smack because if i show her kindness she might take it as my weakness and next thing you know when she sees another bug she's going to scream again Mm. Mm mm-hmm You know, let me not address my fear like I want to. Let me just operate from a place of emotion and create this story that my saboteur narrated. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens a lot of times in the masculine world is we, we stray away from that mature masculinity because we create these stories that our saboteur helped narrate and we operate from an uh, uh, an adolescent place um you mind if i get into the oscars no go ahead we had a young we had a a guy smack another guy at the oscars will smith oh yeah i heard about that i didn't watch it but i I saw a bunch of a bunch of back and forth on facebook (laughs) yeah yeah you know you had a guy that just smacked Mm. you know chris rock Mm -hmm. adolescent behavior Mm. I can't, I don't have power in my words, so I'm going to resort to throwing a tantrum and hitting and causing mm. violence because yeah. that's the only way I can get my point across. And because I'm not in my full masculine energy, I'm operating from a feminine place 
there's a need. Mm-hmm. I need to receive something. You know, when you look at the female anatomy, the, the female anatomy is is also, you know, that of 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 is 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 built to receive as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, she gives life, but she receives something before she she gives mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So he was in his needy space. And I don't really like to say needy, but he was in that position where he needed affirmation from others. He needed people to cheer his actions. He needed people to be aware that he was feeling a certain type of way emotionally. So he just acted impulsively and transitioned that over to household. Mm. You know, honey, I really need you to create this thing for me so that I can be at my full potential. No, I can't create that thing for you because that that will require me to surrender. That will require me to operate from some form of vulnerability. And my saboteur is telling me that if I'm vulnerable and if I surrender, then I'm going to appear weak. And if I appear weak, you may not respect me the way that I want you to respect me. So I'm just going to not even allow myself to feel that. Mm. I can't create this space for you. Yeah. You know, so part of the work that I do is helping men understand the value of vulnerability, understand, yeah, you know, it's it's okay to explore your feelings. It's okay to navigate through those soft, those, those, those hard waters. Yeah. Can I take you on a practice, on an exercise real quick that I take my guys on? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. I don't want you to put your business out there. Okay. All right. Your darkest, the most darkest thing. I don't want you to put it out there. Okay. I want you to think about the thing that is weighing you down. Okay. All right. I want you to think about the hurt that it causes. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about the discomfort, the discomfort that it causes when you're alone Mm -hmm. okay i want you to give it an image okay all right describe that image to me um to me it it feels like like smoke smoke so gray dark gray yeah dark gray black smoke varying degrees of thickness and that's that's how I see it energetically too. Okay. Smoke. Okay. Yeah. All right. So thick, dark gray smoke. Mm-hmm. Does it have a nasty smell to it? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's give it a smell. Nasty smell. Yeah. Okay. When I think about thick, dark smoke, I think about choking. Okay. You know, I think about it just consuming my body and just that that yuck all on me. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to shrink it. And I mean, matter of fact, do it with me. Do okay. it with me. If it's, if it's this big, hold your hands out. If it's this big, mm-hmm. I want you to shrink it. Shrink it and place it in your right hand. All right. It's in your right hand. So right now, in your right hand, you're looking at thick, dark, gray Nasty smelling smoke. I want you to close your hand. It's still inside your hand. Okay. When you look at this hand, you see that thick, dark, gray, nasty smelling smoke. Okay. I want you to place this hand that's caught, that's balled up. Place it on your, your right knee. Okay. 
All right. We're going to forget about it right now. Okay. Tell me about an amazing time. The, the best time that you can remember and like, give it to me in detail. Like if, if you were at a park or barbecue or spending time with family, what made you laugh? Gosh. I'm trying, I have so many things popping up at me. I have to focus mm, <laughs> on one. Um, that right there, whatever that. Yeah. that okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. So I was sitting on our boat and Zane was, so Zane's my eight-year-old. Yeah. He was in the cabin and I had made him a sandwich and he was eating the sandwich and the music was playing and I forget what song it was, but it was like a seventies song, you know, something cool, had a little, had a little vibe to it, you know? And he starts like dancing around and he's, he's doing like this kind of thing with his whole body, you know, and Uh it just kind of swaying from side to side and he's moving his sandwich with it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just sitting there giggling. And so I, I grab my phone and I hit record and he's just doing the whole thing. And it was hilarious. (laughs) And eventually he just came running at me and just collapsed onto onto my lap and was just like you know yeah. smiling and laughing and giving me kisses and hugs and it was awesome <laughs> what was the uh was it during the day yeah mm-hmm. well like clouds were in the sky and everything no blue sky totally blue, blue sky, sky. Blue sky. Yeah. beautiful beautiful birds out there chirping and everything mm, yeah yeah we were on the lake so it's just beautiful. yeah yeah. So you can see like the sun bouncing off of the lake and, mm-hmm. you know, different crevices and points on the lake and stuff like that. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I want you to hold on to that with your left hand. Matter of fact, just swirl your left hand around in it right now. Okay. okay. Grab it like you're grabbing cotton candy. You remember as a kid, you grabbed mm-hmm. cotton candy, oh. grab it like you're, and I want you to hold it, okay. put it to your nose and just smell it. Okay. That's a good experience right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I want you to take that mm-hmm. fist and put it on your left hand. Put it on your left knee. Okay. All right. That was a beautiful experience. All right. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. Thank you for being vulnerable. Mm. Now, what I want you to do is take both hands, okay. fist in the air, mm-hmm. and I want you to mash them together. And I want you to rub it together. Okay. Does your right hand still have that same energy of dark, thick, nasty smoke to it right now? No. Something's shifted around that whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. You diluted that experience, that that energy with a more pleasant experience. Yeah. You allowed yourself to go into a more pleasant place. Mm-hmm. And you brought that pleasant place into the now. Yeah. That's how I work with my guys with dealing with trauma mm-hmm. and reshaping and reframing those life stories. Yeah. Because this is how we can create solutions. Yeah. A lot of times people don't want to shift from the right hand. They want to stay in the right hand. Mm-hmm. And the right hand goes with them everywhere they go. 
every conference, every interaction yeah. you have with people, the energy from that right hand goes with them. Yeah. Whenever they're dealing with challenges in life, the energy from the right hand goes with them. Yeah. So that's how I work with men. I give, I help shift perspectives. That's called balance coaching. Yeah. That's and, really interesting. That is mm. really interesting. You know, I, can I ask you some questions around that? Sure. Okay. So what I want to ask you, I have so much stuff again, coming in once <laughs> fighting for attention. Um, I, I absolutely find this fascinating. Okay. So what what's coming to me is that it seems that generationally speaking, okay, that if, if you have a man today and he is behaving based on his father's behavior, okay, that he can look at that experience with his father and see that dad had control. He doesn't experience dad's emotions inside because dad never shared those. Yeah. He just knows dad had control. Mm-hmm. everybody was afraid of dad. Yeah. Right. And, and that oftentimes was enforced by mom who said, wait till your father gets home. <laughs> right. Exactly. Wait till daddy gets here. You're going to be in trouble. Right. Exactly. And so there was this, this thing of dad knows all is all and controls all. Right. Mm-hmm. So then as, as that child then grows up and becomes a man himself, he feels all these feelings and he didn't know all those feelings were out there because dad never had any of those feelings. Yep. And dad wasn't weak. Yep. And he sees all these feelings as weakness. Yep. And he doesn't want to deal with that because he wants to be strong and controlling like dad. Mm-hmm. Because if people are afraid of him, if people see him as being in control at all times, mm-hmm. then they won't see the fear that's inside of him that's threatening always to break free. Exactly. And so in his mind, he has to stay in control and emotions are the opposite of control based on his generational experiences. Right. Yeah. So that being the case, then every time his, his partner, right comes up and 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 she is showing these emotions she's sharing these emotions she's giving her emotional experiences over yeah he tries to take them pull them out put them into this little container and say hey it doesn't matter throw that away yeah that's not control right so yeah. he's trying to control that situation by telling her that the emotions, like, hey, we don't, we don't deal with that over here. Those yeah. things don't matter, right? Mm-hmm. And then she feels like she's not heard. She's not understood. She's not seen. Yeah. And then the same thing with their kids. If their kids are saying, oh, I have this emotion or I'm hurt, I'm crying. And then they say, be a man. Don't yeah. cry. Suck it up. Yeah. Whatever. You're fine. Yeah. And they just negate all the emotional experiences then that generational trauma keeps happening because then the next boy that grows into a man thinks 
dad has no feelings. Exactly. Dad has no emotions. Exactly. So it seems like, and I, I know this is more of statements than questions, but it's kind of just <laughs> summing it all up in my head, is it seems like the trick to healing all of this is to, as a man, show the emotional side and connect those emotions to the strength that they are yeah. instead of the weakness you have previously believed them to be. Exactly. Exactly. I remember I lived in this, this place, this house um, that was built too small, like the doorways mm. built small, the ceilings yeah. were small. Yeah. And I put up a chandelier. Uh -huh. All right. I took pride in the chandelier. All right. This was like the best chandelier and it was mine. It was my mm -hmm. hard work that put up this chandelier and I was proud every day. When I walked in the living room, I hit my head, boom, on a chandelier <laughs> every day. And all I would say is, dang, stupid chandelier. Mm -hmm. I blame the chandelier. Mm -hmm. Then I proceeded to do whatever I wanted to do. The next day, boom, ah, chandelier gets on my nerves, stupid chandelier. And I kept on doing what I had to do. This happened for months. Yeah. This happened for months. And finally, I developed a spot on my head. It was like a tender spot on yeah. my head. Every time I touched it, it would hurt. If I would frown, it would hurt. Yeah. If I washed my face, this spot would hurt. And I realized, you know what? It's time for me to make some adjustments to this chandelier because mm -hmm. the pattern is that I keep on bobbing my head on this chandelier, even yeah. though it's my chandelier and I take ownership of this chandelier. Yeah. That's the same thing in relationships today, mm -hmm. you know, and a man will not recognize the pain that he's causing his family until he recognizes the pattern. Mm. And I come across guys all the time that says, dude, I, it's happening again. Oh, I, I'm tired of this, which means that it's repetitive. Mm -hmm. And they're recognizing the pattern. And that's a little bit of aware, that's awareness right there. Yeah. So I think that as men recognize the pattern of their actions, they're more likely to want to make changes. Now, the problem is that men does not do not ask for help. Mm. A lot of men don't ask for help. It's true. So this is where the feminine can come in and kind of boost help. Want to learn more about productive flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? Then go join our free Facebook group at ProductiveFlowGroup.com. It's free and you'll also get access to special content and resources. See you inside the group. I want to take you back to the story of Adam and Eve. Okay. All right. Eve was walking around the Garden of Eden in search of something. I can only imagine that it was some type of wisdom. There has to be more to life than this right here. 
I don't have wisdom. I want to know some type of knowledge. My husband isn't providing me with the knowledge that I'm seeking. So I have to figure out how I can get some knowledge. So she comes across a serpent, a talking serpent that convinces her that, hey, I'm going to tell you the truth. This fruit right here gives you all the knowledge you need. It will elevate your thinking. You just have to have a willing spirit to learn from this, from, from to eat from this, 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 this fruit. You have to have a, 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 an appetite to want this wisdom and eat from this fruit. So what does she do? She eats from the fruit. She took a bite. She said, damn, I feel smarter already. You mean to tell me, Adam, you was holding out? You, you, you did not eat this right here. This is now I'm smart. I understand. I have way more knowledge than I had before. I activated my godlike character and I am smart. She didn't say in the Bible, it doesn't say that she said, honey, come over here. Let me convince you to eat this fruit. She didn't have to beg him to eat this fruit. She gave it to him. And he ate the fruit that she gave. And instantly his eyes was open and he was wiser. He was smarter than he was before. So sometimes all the masculine needs is a little nudge from the feminine mm. to promote change. Maybe that, that nudge comes across as, baby, I'm not happy and I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Can you fix this atmosphere so that I can be the best me? And that's all. Maybe you don't have to get into what he's doing wrong or what makes you so unhappy. That that can be for another conversation. Well, it also tends to activate his defenses. Defenses, exactly. Because he's saying, she says, I'm not in control. Exactly. I'll show her. I'm in control. Exactly. Ex- yeah. Exactly. So let me react. Yes. Because something, a vulnerability is coming up right now. And I associate this vulnerability with a bit of shame. And I don't want to feel shameful. So let me go ahead and react and counter this vulnerability with some impulsive reaction, some impulsive decision. And that happens all the time. Yeah. So it's important for the feminine to actually come in and give us a little nudge without making the masculine feel emasculated. Mm. You know, because it's a sensitive spot when a man is holding on traumas. I remember um, my my shoulder. Matter of fact, my shoulder right now, it has trauma in it right now. I work mm. out five days a week. I get up at five. At, now I get up at 445 in the morning mm. and I get to the gym by 5, 515. But my shoulder has some trauma with it. And every time I touch it or I activate it, I feel it. So I, I, I tense up around it. I, I, I put extra care around it. You know, so same thing when a man, is, when he's walking around with trauma, oh my gosh, you got to be real careful how you approach him. So mm-hmm. I always call, I, I call it finding your, your Eve, finding your, your Eve, knowing how to persuade your man or the masculine to provide what you need to thrive. Mm. Interesting. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of women listening to this. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, I, I'm hoping there's going to be a lot of men listening to this as well, because they need to hear this. Uh-huh. Um, but for the women listening to this, what is kind of, I know you gave an example of just saying, Hey, I'm not happy. And I really want to be, can you fix this? Right. And, and men want to be 
the fixer. So I think that saying a state, making a statement like that is less likely to cause that reactionary state because you're not, you're not attacking him. Mm -hmm. And, and for women, it, it doesn't come across as attacking. It comes across that way to the man, but for women, it comes across as like an emotional vent. Right. Um, but he takes it as an, a personal attack, right? Because it is, we're going to call it, it is, (laughs) you know, regardless of what she thinks she's saying, Mm -hmm. she is personally attacking him. Um, but it's, it's less likely to cause that because by saying it like that, by just saying, you know, I'm, I'm not happy and I'd like to be, can you fix this? Now you've laid a problem at his feet Mm -hmm. and he most wants to show his love. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm no man, right? By fixing problems in his family, in his life for his partner. Mm -hmm. He wants to be the one that says, I can fix this. I can take care of this. I can provide for you. I can protect you. Mm -hmm. So you're putting a problem in front of him. And instead of activating his defenses, you're Mm -hmm. activating his, his natural need to Mm -hmm. fix the problems. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's around how you present the problem as well. Cause if you were to, if you were to say, Hey, I'm not happy, fix it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very different statement. Yeah. That's a completely different statement. It's tone and it's the energy behind it. Exactly. Exactly. And I I think that it requires a form of vulnerability from the feminine's perspective as well. And I I, I want you, so a soldier, a soldier Mm -hmm. addressing uh, a general, Mm -hmm. you know, a general says, hey, soldier, I need you to clean up the barracks. What does this soldier say? Yes, sir. Okay. So that last part, sir. You're identifying, you're letting that 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 uh, general know that you identify their position. Okay, uh, uh-huh. you view yourself if you look at yourself in a royal position. Uh-huh. You view yourself as a queen. Okay. 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 Sorry, you had you, to leave me there. <laughs> okay, no worries. If you view yourself as a queen, that means uh-huh. that your husband is the king. Yeah, he's your king. You know, you're his queen. He's your king. Mm-hmm. There's no shift in power. Both of you work together. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the feminine is just as strong as the masculine. The masculine is just as strong and gentle as the feminine. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that Tiff does with me, mm-hmm. she always goes into, you know, I love you. You're my king. Mm-hmm. I'm your queen. And then she goes into, you know, whatever her concern is. Mm-hmm. What that does is reassures me that you know my position. Mm. And you reiterate to me what your position is. Mm-hmm. So I have to respect your position. You respect my position. Mm-hmm. And that's how a lot of solutions can be created. Versus just throwing out the issue and hoping that that man will figure out where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, women are a little bit, the feminine is a little bit more detailed than masculine. 
So it's important that the feminine also reiterates how the masculine, what the masculine is in her life. It's important that the feminine reminds the masculine who he is in her life. Because sometimes a masculine tells himself these stories that he's mm-hmm. less than. And if you catch him at the right moment or at the wrong moment, that he's questioning his his identity, he's questioning his place in the in this union. Now he's more inclined to, he's more likely to react mm. from a place of defense. Yeah. Because again, vulnerability is usually associated with shame. Yeah. I'm feeling afraid right now. I'm, 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 I'm feeling, you know, a little lower than I normally am. So now I have to react and convince myself and convince others that I'm still on top of my game. Yeah. So let me walk on stage and slap somebody in the face. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. let me go and just yell at my kids. Mm-hmm. Let me let me go and smack my daughter for screaming about a roach. Yeah. You know, so. Let me ask you something around um, because, you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this. So if. If the woman is self-employed, she's mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, she's building her business. And her husband, her partner, is, he's the, you know, the daily breadwinner. He's the job guy, the company man, whatever, right? Yes. I see that dynamic a lot, right? And in a way, when he has that that job and that steady paycheck, it creates that atmosphere where the woman is physically, for the woman to be able to go out and create her own thing, right? Yeah. And while the woman oftentimes in this scenario is going to think, I love, I would love one day to retire my husband. I would love for my business to become so big that he doesn't have to work anymore. Mm-hmm. That that kind of big dream might be emasculating for that man still in his adolescent masculinity would that be an accurate statement Mm, not necessarily okay not necessarily tell me more about that dynamic and how that could play out because i hear a lot of women saying that to me around you know my husband has a job he doesn't um he doesn't really think my business is going to be anything he doesn't support me in this he um a lot of times when they sign up for coaching, they're like, my husband will never find out about this. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't need to know that I'm spending this kind of money, but it's my business. He doesn't need to know. He's not on that account. I hear a lot of things like that. Yeah. And yeah. that ultimately is a, if my husband found out that I was spending money on me in this way, he would make fun of me. He would be angry he would say that money could be used for something else for the household or whatever. Right. As there's a lot of fear wrapped up in this dynamic between I want to make my business a success, but here's my husband and he's not supporting this venture fully. I'm not even allowing him to know too much about it because if I do, then he's going to shut it down somehow or shut down yeah. aspects of it that I know I need to be successful. Exactly. So help us understand that dynamic a little more. So there's several things with this. All right. So first I'm going to address the fear of communication. Okay. Um, 
it's not just the masculine that gets trapped in these stories, these traumatic experiences. The feminine also gets trapped in these stories. Mm. And the feminine also has to understand the power of rewriting life stories. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, if you feel as though your husband will not support what's important to you, it's important for you to one, understand why, two, understand if he really does not support what you want to do, you know, or is this just a story that you're creating out of fear? Mm-hmm. The, the saboteur can pick up on those hidden crevices of rejection residue. Mm-hmm. You know, like you've been rejected before. So that seed of residue sits in the crevice of your psyche. Mm-hmm. And that 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 saboteur explores your psyche and picks up on that trauma. Mm-hmm. And where you want to move forward, the saboteur keeps you captive. Yeah. I want to talk to my husband about this, but he might not agree with me doing this. So I'm not even going to mention it to him at all mm-hmm. because I want to save myself the embarrassment and the feeling of rejection. Mm. So you don't even have a conversation at all with your husband about this. So right now the communication is lacking because you allow the saboteur to come in and just wreak havoc about this residue on this residue of rejection that you have stored somewhere in your psyche. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. Your communication has to be extremely clear. In order for your communication to be clear, you also have to know the power that you possess as well. If you truly believe in your product, Share that excitement. And even if he doesn't support it, you both grow this together. Move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, move forward. Hey, this is important to me. This allows me to thrive in life. If we do take a financial hit, I trust that we'll be able to come back. We'll be able to bounce back. But right now, this will help me be a better me for you. Mm-hmm. And if I'm a better me for you, then it's a better us. Yeah. You know, and it reflects in our household with our kids and Mm -hmm. and our families and those that are looking at us want to know what do we have that they need to get to where we are. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 So communication is the is is the is is paramount. Mm -hmm. The second thing that I wanted to talk about is so what if he does shoot it down? Mm -hmm. What if he does say, no, I don't like this. There's this power that feminine has. It's the power of, I won't call it persuasion because sometimes that can be misinterpreted as conniving or manipulative. Mm -hmm. But it's the power that the feminine can tap into. Again, finding your Eve that will cause the male or the masculine to fully surrender. Hmm. I don't think a lot of women know what, how to use that power. Yeah. And, and if they do that, they almost see it as manipulative or, um, you know, in, in, in some way negative, you know, they don't see it as this is a strength that I have and that this is something I'm doing as Kind of like you said, where Eve handed him the apple, 
Yeah. But she didn't have to convince him or talk him into it. She just handed it to him and yeah. he took it and he ate it. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's, I feel like in there, there's something subtle. There's you know? something subtle. It's very subtle and it's not a pushing or a shoving or a yeah. fix it. <laughs> you know? yeah. it's, it's something that is very subtle, but it's also something that um, fits into that it fits into the the space that yeah. a man and a woman make together exactly exactly yeah. it's 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 more along the lines of i want to help you grow mm-hmm. but before i help you grow i have to help myself grow as well yeah you know like i, I want to be a mom Let's mm-hmm. let's go deeper into this Adam and Eve thing. I mm-hmm. I, I desire to be a mom. Mm-hmm. I desire to have kids. I ate this fruit. Now I know. Wow, my my anatomy allows me to have kids. Mm-hmm. I need you to level up so that you can get me pregnant, so that we can have kids, so that we can mm-hmm. have a family. You know, mm-hmm. because now I got this newfound wisdom. So here, take this. And they 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 you know ate this fruit. Mm-hmm. And what happens afterwards? They get kicked out of this place, this this, this garden, mm-hmm. and they start civilization. They have a family. Mm-hmm. You know, they grow as a family. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's important for, if you're approaching a man about a vision that you have for your life, let him know the benefits of you growing as well. Baby, not only will you grow I'm sorry, not only will I grow as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, but it'll help me be in a better position to, 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 to help you grow. It'll help me be in a better position to, to grow this family. It'll help me be in a better position to have us thrive more. You'll be in a higher place. My goal is not to stay in this area, this, this one spot we're comfortable right now. Mm -hmm. I want us to get out of this comfort zone and get to another level. Yeah. You know, so it's all about finding your Eve. And it's not so much about being manipulative or anything. The patriarch created into this manipulative thing where, oh, you shouldn't have ate from the fruit. That was, you know, that was not right. And now having a baby is going to be your punishment and Mm. getting kicked out of this garden is going to be your punishment. No, you needed to have a child because that's what brings forth life. That's what brings forth, you know, communities, children, families, connection, mm-hmm. you know. So my perspective, and I argue with, you know, ministers about this all the time, my, it's about shifting your perspectives yeah. around this. So it's important for women, to, for the feminine to discover their ease. So if you're in a position where you want to grow a business, you want to do something that, that, that will help you thrive more. Communicate that, but communicate it in a place of power, belief, and authority. Just because you're a woman does not mean that you have to take the back seat if the man does not agree with yeah. whatever you have going on. You, no, that's that's that, that's completely insane. Yeah. Um, let let me let me give you yeah. two examples of me doing this with two different men because I've had two husbands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, with my first husband. I, I wanted to grow. I was always introducing these spaces of growth 
and, and sharing this with him and then driving that growth because he didn't participate in it at all. He was dead set against it. And I drove it anyway. And then his response, as I became more and more successful with it was, why aren't you ever happy? You can't just be content with everything, anything. You just want to have something. And then as soon as you have it, you want something else. Yeah. And so in my mind, I saw that as, well, I achieved that goal and now I'm going to create a new one, right? Yeah. Because I always wanted to keep, keep growing. And it wasn't about having specific things or having a better version of something. It was just about me being a better me and me being yeah. able to serve at a higher level. Right. Yeah. Um, but that was his perspective and how he saw it. And, and ultimately yeah. we, we split up. Right. Yeah. Um, with my, my husband now uh, with Joe and he and I have been together for 11 years and we talk about things that we both want to do that as my business grows and becomes more and more successful, that we have plans together of what yeah. we want to build and what we want to do and mm. where wealth will take us in different mm. ways. Right. Exactly, and, yeah. and we were both on board with that. And it's something that we have a conversation. Now, I don't tell him everything that I do in my business. And, and it's not from a, a fear of being seen or heard or found out or anything like that. It's yeah. a, he, he doesn't care. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's just a, you go do your business, honey. It's fine. You know, I don't have to run a ledger by him. You see what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and so I'm off and I'm doing my thing and, and he sees me, me growing and expanding and doing all this different stuff. And he says, Hey, honey, yeah. that's great. That's yeah. great. I'm, I'm happy for you. Right. You and, and that's good. Right. That's good. Um, but we have plans together of what we want to do. So things that I've done to introduce this to him have been um, daydreaming with him, mm -hmm. just getting him to, to, to venture into a what if with me, you yeah. know, what if my business became super successful and we were millionaires? What, what then, what would yeah. you want to do if you didn't have to work anymore? Yeah. And yeah. then because he's a project guy, hundred percent, he would never sit around and do nothing. That's not him. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, what would we do? We made this whole plan around of everything yeah. he would want to do and where we would want to live and how we would want to live and what we would want to spend time doing, how we would want to engage our family because four of our five kids are adults now, you know, yeah. and they're, they're grown, they're out of the house. And so we, we talked about how we would want to engage the kids in our lives at that yeah. stage, you know, so it, even if he looks at that and says, Oh, see, she's so cute. Maybe one day, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. That's okay. Because it doesn't, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we're both on the same page with where we want to see our lifestyle go. And mm -hmm. regardless of how we get there, we're on the same page with being there. Yeah. And I yeah. think that that's important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely important. You know, the difference between both situations is the first husband was stuck in feeling it's stuck in just feeling comfortable. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, stuck in just feeling comfortable. And the thing about it is, you know, you, you if you find comfort on your couch, you become couch potato. You know, if you stay there too long. Yeah. You know, things don't get done. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and um, a lot of times and it was probably a fear. That he had, you know, like, whoa, 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 we're good right here. Why do you need to just keep on trying to move mm. forward? Yeah. And basically, what he's saying is, 
what if we fall? The yeah. higher we get, the harder we're going to fall yeah. and the, the, the greater the impact. Mm-hmm. So I'm afraid. And see, this happens in business all the time when it comes to business, the business development, when it comes to uh, startups, mm-hmm. when it comes to um, taking chances. Whoa, this is requiring a huge bit of me to step out of my comfort zone. And I'm happy mm-hmm. right here. I don't have to worry about, you know, anything going wrong. I got this steady check coming in and, mm-hmm. and you know, things are great. We don't need to draw anything new. Yeah. That's fear. That's saboteur speaking right there. The second, your, your husband, Joe, uh-huh. he's more along the lines of, I want to focus on the vision. Yeah. And the vision has not happened yet, which means that me staying comfortable over here is not an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to have some great times when things are going great, but things are going great because it's pushing us to the next level. Yeah. You know, there's, I think about mountain climbing often, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're climbing a mountain, you have this vision to get to the top. Yeah. But along the journey, you have these anchor points where you take a break and you reassess your route to the top. Yeah. Some people like to sit in those anchor points forever and then just say, well, I got to this spot. So let me just stay here. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I know I want to get to the top of Everest, but I'm at this base camp and it's high enough. I'm good. Yeah. I don't have to worry about freezing. Yeah. I don't have to worry about getting oxygen. I'm, I'm good right here. Mm-hmm. But then you have those, those Joes that say, well, honey, I like that. I want to get to that top up there, though. I want to mm-hmm. get to the peak. I want to put my flag at the peak. Yeah. Or even if you say, honey, I want to put my flag at the peak and Joe says, Good. I'll pump. I'll pump you up. I'll encourage you. You got it. Do your thing, girl. Let me go back. Yeah. My, my uh, my my work. Yeah. He's still giving some type of support. Yeah. You know, still giving you some type of support. Mm-hmm. I'd rather someone not say anything along my journey than to say something to hold me back from yeah. accomplishing what I need to accomplish. Yeah. And that's the difference, Joe focuses on the vision that you have. Yeah. First husband, he focused on the the level of comfort that you currently have. Yeah. Now, see, what's interesting about this is we talked about generationals, right? Generational tracks of masculinity and and what it means to be a man and all of that, right? Um, If you look at my first husband and his his safety factors, so he was Mm -hmm. kid number four out of five. So he was one of the babies. He... Mm -hmm. um, Parents were married until, you know, there's there his his father passed away a couple of years ago, but his mom's still alive. They were married the whole time. Um, he went to the same school all through till he graduated high school, never changed schools ever. Um, his mother still lives in the same house that he was brought home from the hospital to go live in. Mm. And so there was never anything that created any sense Mm. of change or growth or everything was just this is where we are and this is where we stay okay and there was no change where joe was brought up in a very tumultuous childhood with alcoholic parents Mm -hmm. and there was so much chaos and stress everywhere Mm. he was off and doing his own thing by the time he was nine ten years old yeah and really raised himself yeah because yeah. there was no solid parental example or or nurturing or care or any of that. 
Exactly. So, you know, he became who he is on his own, mm. but he was always looking for a bigger vision, mm. right? So, because okay. there, what was in front of him was not acceptable. Yeah. Whereas with my first husband, what was in front of him was all he ever knew. Exactly. So I think generationally speaking and looking at childhoods, which I do frequently, mm-hmm. there's something there. There's yeah. something there that leads to the, do I see the vision? Do I see the growth or do I see a problem? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it brings me to this, this story. I was in Walgreens uh, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And first I want to let you know, I'm, I'm not knocking anybody that works, you know, at Walgreens at mm-hmm. all. I'm grateful because you're there when I need you. And I appreciate, you know, your presence at Walgreens. There was a husband and wife that were working at Walgreens mm-hmm. and he was at the cash register and she was, you know, stocking the shelves mm-hmm. and um, they were talking back and forth. And I said, are y'all married? Cause you sound like a married couple. He says, we're, we're married. We both work at Walgreens. We've been here for seven years. We met at Walgreens mm-hmm. and you know, we, we work at, you know, we work together. So I was like, wow, you know, like, you know, that's a long time to be at Walgreens, you know, like what other things have you ever wanted to do? I had to go into it really, really delicate. You know, I had mm-hmm. to go into it with praises at first and then get into my, my, my question. Sure. And he says, well, I wanted to do voiceovers at one time. Mm. I was like, wow. And you know, what did your wife want to do? And she, he says, oh, she's a singer. She's a vocalist and she's amazing. And she sang a little something right there in Wal in Walgreens. Yeah. So I said, wow, what kept you from doing voiceovers? He says, I mean, right now I'm so comfortable, you know, like we both work these hours and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I go home and she goes home, you know, we go home and, you know, eat dinner and, you know, talk about our day. And next day we're back at work. So what about the voiceover? What about what you really want to do? That was just a, a thought that I had. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to pursue that anymore. I'm, I'm good where I am now. Mm-hmm. And this happens so often in relationships. It happens so often in society where we fall into this place of comfort. And we don't see well. we can see beyond the comfort, but we don't move beyond the comfort. But then you have those individuals that have a hard life where you know, like you said, you know, Joe's mom and dad were constantly fighting. There was a lot of chaos. And it was like, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. This isn't what I want. Yeah. So you're kind of forced to do that self-development. And mm-hmm. you're always looking to move up. Yeah. You know, I need to get out of here so I can be a voiceover artist. And I need to find out how I can become a voiceover artist. Let me yeah. go online and research voiceover artists. Bam. Okay. So I need to get myself a mic, some equipment. I need to get a nice camera and really, really yeah. create a nice voiceover reel. Okay. Bam. This is what I'm going to do. Even though I'm still doing this right here, I'm going to open up the opportunity for me to grow here. Cause eventually I want to go here. So yeah. This is the type of behavior that takes mediocre relationships that are stuck here Mm -hmm. and bring them to a more thriving and fulfilling place up here when you're both aligned 
with growth. If you're yeah. both aligned with just staying stagnant in your comfortable position, you're going to stay in your comfortable position and you're never, ever going to accomplish the things that you visualize yourself accomplishing at one time. Mm-hmm. But if you have that growth mindset, that mindset where you want to go beyond where you currently are, because the vision that you have for yourself is way more than what you're doing now. I want to travel as I'm working. I want to purchase a home in, in, in Switzerland so we can vacation in Switzerland. Oh, you know what? I want to go to the Fiji Islands, you know, during a certain time of year. And I want to still be able to make money. That's what we're going to work on together. And if you're in a situation where the other party does not see your full potential and does not support you in what you want to accomplish, it's time to start reevaluating if that situation is the best for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know we have just been talking like crazy and I could talk to you all day, but I know we need to be mindful of time too. Um, Aaron, for everybody who's been listening to this and now thinks that you're just as amazing as I think you are. Um, How do they get in touch with you? How do they learn more? How do they nudge the apple in front of their husband (laughs) and say, here's the Aaron apple, take a bite. (laughs) How do they do that? Well, first you can find me at AaronJFulton.com. That's A-A-R-O-N, J for John, F-U-L-T-O-N.com. That's my website. You can book an appointment. We can have a quick discovery call and allow me to get in your world and um, you can get in my world and we'll discover some solutions together. Uh, As far as the Eve apple or the Eve fruit, that takes a lot of confidence, takes a lot of self-awareness. And um, I won't say guidance, but there's a thing that you already have inside of you that's dormant, that needs to be reactivated. Yeah. You're born with that thing. You mm-hmm. inherited that thing. So together we can tap into that thing and activate your Eve fruit or your Eve apple. And you'll find yourself operating in a more feminine power and also lifting up the masculine energy as well. Mm. And you'll start working together. Yeah. That's amazing. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so much. And I'm so glad that I was able to share you with all of our (laughs) listeners. So thank you again, Aaron, for being here today. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you for having me. You have a great day. You too. Mm, Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. And especially thank you for sharing the show and leaving a review on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. Want to learn more about Productive Flow and connect with other business owners and salespeople on the same journey? Then go join our free Facebook group at ProductiveFlowGroup.com. It's free, and you'll also get access to special content and resources. Now, stay tuned for the next episode of Productive Flow. Productive Flow.